my holy family. When I was seven years old, I was happy in a lot of ways. I lived in Columbus, Ohio, and I loved school. I had uh, a couple best friends. I was involved in our local rec center with every sport they had. We had a basketball hoop in our backyard. We would have family parties with like 50 people and it's just, as a kid, you're like, this is great. But then my dad told me we were moving to Arizona. I was not happy. I thought things were great and I did not understand why we had to move. My dad said it was because he was getting a different job and that Arizona had a good climate compared to Ohio. Um, now, he, he never told me this, but I've had this theory that he moved us also to get away from our very dysfunctional family that I didn't see or recognize. I mean, yeah, I just didn't recognize at that age. Several of my uncles had been divorced and remarried several times. Alcoholism was all over. There was a lot of suspicion and mistrust among my dad and his brothers. One family had a lot of sexual abuse. Another family had a lot of sexual dysfunction in other ways. And I think my dad was doing what he thought best to uproot us and move us across the country. And the question he implicitly was asking us, even me at seven years old, was, do you trust me? And maybe you don't trust me, but will you follow? And the truth is, the reality is that God put this father and this mother over me. And that God would work through whatever they did and bring good out of it. Which now, looking back, coming to Arizona was the best thing that ever happened to me. I wouldn't be here. It was also the most challenging thing. But God worked through that. In our gospel today, an angel appears to Joseph multiple times. And he tells Joseph to move his family from Bethlehem in Israel to Egypt. Then later the angel tells him to move back to Israel. And in a dream, he hears that instead of being where they were in the south, to go to the northern part near Galilee or Nazareth, where Jesus grew up. And so God is asking Joseph to lead his family. And he asks the family to follow and trust that it is God's will. What is Joseph seeking to do? He's trying to protect his family from harm and to guide his family through all the difficulties. Which I think in some sense is what every father tries to do. But regardless of what their motives are, God is going to work through them. In our first reading today, we hear God sets a father over his children. A mother's authority he confirms over her sons. That God's the one who's given us our mother and father. Whoever honors his father atones for sin. When he prays, he is heard. Whoever honors his father is gladdened by children. He stores up riches who reveres his mother. Whoever reveres his father will live a long life. He who obeys his father 
brings comfort to his mother. They were called to recognize that God has given me these parents. Just to recognize that. And how are we to treat them? My son, take care of your father when he is old. Grieve him not as long as he lives. Kindness to a father will not be forgotten. Now, is God saying that we do this only if our father is good and kind? No. The truth is that none of our parents are perfect. And in the Holy Family, here we have Jesus, who's God. We have Mary, who's sinless. But it's Joseph whom God tells to lead the family, the imperfect one. That even the Holy Family was faithfully obedient to the imperfect Joseph as an example for us. That's what God asked him to do, and that's what he asks us to do. Now, I, we can have some caveats, of course, that, that sometimes if there's, if there's bad things happening, if there's abuse, we never have to tolerate that. We've got to get out. If there's, we never have to, we can never sin. So if somebody's doing something to lead us to sin, we're not going to do that. It also doesn't mean that we don't get to be honest and ask questions. But it means that at the end of the day, can I seek to try to understand? Can I seek to follow? And to trust that God is going to work through my parents, through my family. Now, part of what, to talk about this, I'm kind of, maybe I'm kind of talking about this as if we were kids or reflecting back when we were kids. Because when we were adults, I see this with college students all the time, that my parents want something different than what I want. And I was like, well, that's part of becoming an adult, and maybe it's time to walk down that road. Which has to happen for all of us. That's really important. Jesus does it at age 12 when he stays in the temple, and his parents are like, why did you do this? And he's like, I'm doing, I must, did you not know I must be in my father's house? About my father's will. So at the end of the day, we want to follow the Father's will. The part of the Father's will is giving us the parents that we have to revere and respect. Now, it's also to say, oh, so how, how are we to practice loving them? St. Paul tells us today in the letter to the Colossians, heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. Forgiving one another. That means they've wronged us. If one has a grievance against another, as the Lord has forgiven you, so must you also do. Okay, now we're speaking that they've hurt us, and I'm supposed to forgive them. Every family hurts. To forgive means that we've been hurt, but we're called to love. So how do we do that? I think that's an invitation. Whenever I notice where I'm hurting, there's an invitation to turn to our Father and to tell him all about it, that, that God is the divine physician. God is the healer. I don't need my family for healing. They can't do that. Well, if they, just, if they were to ask forgiveness, then I could have healing. That'll never happen. Healing doesn't come from them. Healing comes from God. I... I speak about this, you know, 
you know, people look at my family, we have five kids, like, wow, you guys have the Lowry's are a great family. I, I didn't realize how much my family had affected me. When I, when I went to seminary, they said, uh, they said, we have two counselors here, two religious sisters, and you can go to counseling for free as often as every two weeks. So I was like, okay, well, well I guess it's free and they encourage us, I guess I'll try it. I went to counseling every two weeks for five years, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And I experienced healing from my family because I was able to see over time the Lord revealed ways in which I had been disappointed and hurt that I, could, I never saw before because I wasn't ready to see. God didn't want me to see. But now that I had the tools for healing... That, that he wanted to show me. And even now, as I, I talk to my spiritual director on the phone every month, that healing continues. That, that the healing, and here's the thing, that, that's all part of God's plan. Did God want us to be hurt? No. But he has a plan for our full healing, our wholeness, our full reconciliation. That God sent us that family, and he's going to work through it in good and bad in order to do something good in us. And whether that happens or not, how, how do we make that happen? By going to him, by turning to him. That he has a plan, Romans 8, 28, that all things work for good. God wanted that. And God didn't want the bad stuff. But God's so good, so powerful, that he will work through that in order to do something really good. And to help us with that, God has given us the broader family, our church where we have brothers and sisters and, and fathers and, and mothers. And today we're reminded of that. With, that's why we celebrate the Holy Family, Joseph and Mary, that we have Joseph, this father. It's any, any father who's raising kids that aren't his own, Joseph is like your patron saint. Every father that's trying to be a good father and be faithful to God, Joseph, that's your man. Mary is given all of us as a mother. When Jesus is on the cross, John 20, he says, Behold your mother. That all of us have a mother to, to love us. You know, we have, yeah. That's why we use these family terms. That, this, that God has given us this broader family to help heal us, to help us grow, to help us become saints. And so our, our church, our family, the broader family, is the same thing. It's, a, it's, it's made of the same people as our smaller family, specifically saints and sinners. Our church family itself is also made up of a lot of brokenness, a lot of sinners. And how scandalous it is when the members of the church family harm us, harm others. It's scandalous. It's something that will have to be answered for. And there are people today who are not with us because they've been hurt in those ways, because they've been scandalized by fathers in the church who were meant to protect and guide, and instead were protecting themselves and leading others into harm. That's bad. But God knows that. God knows that. God knew that. And God has been working a plan to do something even better from that, which seems impossible. How would God bring good from stuff like that? But that's what he does. He makes good come from that, the cross. 
That's, that's how he works, that God has not forgotten his family. God has not forgotten his church. God knows that his church is being led by imperfect fathers. And yet he still calls them to lead, and he calls us, the rest of us, to follow. Knowing that somehow God is going to work all things for good. You know, loving is not hard when it's easy. When, when people are doing what I want them to do, when, we're, you know, when they're matching my opinion, it's very easy to love people like that. But love is precisely to love the other as they are, especially even when they're not doing what I think they should be doing. Like the prodigal son, when, when the son calls his father dead, takes his money and leaves, the father loves him as he is. That's what you and I are called to do, to love our brothers and sisters and parents and our family and in our church family, is to love them as they are. Yes, I want them to grow and change for their sake. Might make my life a little easier, too. But, but, I, but for their sake. And so the challenge is for me to grow to be able to love them as they are. God gives me a family to love me? No. God gives me a family so that I can grow by loving them. That you and I are made perfect by loving our families, by loving our church family as they are, not as we want them to be. And it's through that, the loving imperfect, sinful people, we who are imperfect and sinful, and that's what makes us holy. You know, when we talk about the holy family, you know, I talk about the students, I'll say, yeah, you know, like we're, we're called to be like the holy family. It's like, oh, we're called to be perfect? It's like, well, no, God, God knows that our families are not perfect, but we're called to strive for that. We strive to do God's will and to become more and more like him, but God knows that this side of heaven, none of us will be perfect, and yet as we love them, it makes us perfect. But I like the definition of holy a little better. Holy actually means set apart. So when we, when we say that something is holy, like holy water, holy water is set apart for a particular purpose according to God. So this water is different from other water because this water is meant to remind me of my baptism. And so when you and I are called holy, which we are by our baptism, it means that God has a particular mission, a plan, a purpose for my life that's different from everyone else's life. That he wants, he calls me to be holy because he set me apart. My family is called holy. It's meant to be holy, not because they're perfect, no, but because this, these particular people have been set apart for me to love and in loving them that it makes me perfect and holy that my family has been set apart specifically for me. And in that family, through that family, with that family, God is working on me to make me holy. And it's, gonna, it's a process that's going to take the rest of my life. It, uh, it, it's going to take even more holidays of being together. It's going to take uh, even more phone calls and just living with people day after day, growing in patience and love. And leaning, relying on the grace of Jesus Christ, the intercession of the saints too, but the, the, the sacraments to, 
filled with God's love, who loves me as I am, to be able to love the people around me as they are. And so our family then is not so much about perfection, but perseverance. To be a holy family is not to be set above, but to be set apart specifically for me. And so I may not always like my family, and maybe I wouldn't have chosen my family, but it is the very specific means that God has, been, that God has given to me for me to choose to love them, to mold me, to form me, for me to be patient with them, to make me holy and perfect, and to get me to heaven. That's the gift God's given me, and it is my holy family.